Hello, and welcome back to Cold Pizza. I'm joined by Pastor Jeff today. Hey, how you doing? Pastor Jeff, do you like cold pizza? I do like cold pizza. I like pizza in any form. It is good in any form. Yes. Because of its its, its nature, its purpose statement, yes. right? Yes, it's good <laughs> in all forms. Pizza any day, any way. <laughs> Between that and Mexican, I can pretty much... I can pretty much get by for my entire life. Definitely. Um, yeah, we're excited to have you on today. This is the uh, first time you've preached uh, since we've been doing the podcast and first time back since your sabbatical. Yeah. Uh, I guess, yeah, up front, how, how was it being back? We heard you yelling out the gate. That was nice. <laughs> yeah, it was It was good being back. I um, I was I, I did come out of the gate yelling. I was excited. Also, I think the text kind of... Uh, warranted some yelling in the beginning to catch our attention. I think that's what the author of Hebrews is doing out the gate. He's like, let me capture your attention with these very bold statements. So yeah, and I, th- I think I was also just very excited <laughs> to be back in the pulpit. Um, yeah, after a four-month sabbatical, which was an absolute joy and a whole other podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is... It is- it is fun to preach in the first place. If you, I mean, if you're called for it and and you have any kind of gifting for it, it's a delight to be able to do. But definitely, in a text like that, and yeah. with your first time back, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I was very excited to get that that text for sure. I was also a little nervous. Uh, nervous. I mean, I'm, I'm nervous every time I preach in a, <laughs> a healthy kind of a way. Sure. Right, understanding the weight, but I was I was like, ah, you know, okay, let's do this thing. I think I remember how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, you get up there and there you go. You get everybody's energy up to match yours. That exactly. Works. Yep. That's cool. Yeah, well, a few things to tackle this week. It's it's still um, not as much of as last week's was as far as introduction is concerned. Yeah. Uh, but this is the opening uh, actual parts of the passage. Matt had more of an overview of the whole book. Right. Uh, but you find in the front end of this letter uh, a summary in a sense, and it, it – if you're not really familiar with where the whole book goes um, yeah. and you're hearing it for the first time, I feel like a natural question would be, why does he come out the gate so strong? I mean, in a similar yeah. way to, to your sermon, right. to your preaching, why does he come out saying, God spoke this way, he um, is the exact imprint, he made purification, he sits down, he's superior to angels. Like, that's really rapid fire. Yeah. Um, when you look at really any of the other New Testament, it's very, I mean, short of maybe Jude, sure. it's very punchy, very quick. W- what do you think uh, is some reasons for why they come out that strong? Yeah, I think, I think the author's emphasis here, in one sense, it's, uh, it's, a, it's written, uh, it's the book of Hebrews, and so it's written to a very Jewish audience in particular. And so he is, he's coming out the gate strong, declaring Jesus is the Christ, but I think what you see here is, is he's going to deal with all the, um, the tiny and uh, minute details of what the priests had to do. Um, my wife and I are reading right now through Leviticus, and it's just, it's painstaking. Uh, it's painstaking to read, let alone I can't yeah. imagine having to actually be a part of that sacrificial system. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you feel the weight of it, you feel the tediousness of it. And he gets into that later in the book. And the importance, I think, here is you have this theme, and this is what I led with in the sermon. You have this theme, this final, once-for-all, definitive um, theme throughout the book of Hebrews. You see God spoke in many different ways uh, to our fathers by the prophets. You see signs and wonders. Uh, Sometimes you see riddles. 
Uh, sometimes you see these face-to-face encounters through Moses, the, the prophets, and now God has spoken through his son. Boom. He is on the stage. He is here. He is present. Listen to him. No longer having to figure out um, what is God trying to say. No longer listening to a prophet here or there. God has come to speak through his son. Boom. Definitive. Mm-hmm. Um, it culminates in that. In the same way, sacrifice after sacrifice, never-ending flowing of blood in the temple. The priest never sits. He moves constantly because sin is constantly flowing. And even though there is a sacrifice for sins, the conscience of the worshipers is still guilty. And that is contrasted with this once-for-all sacrifice of the great high priest who offers himself. Mm-hmm. Boom, done, once-for-all. And then that really uh, is highlighted then by Jesus sitting down because his work is finished and he is at the right hand of the throne of God in the place of honor. And he sits and puts a big explanation point on his his lordship overall. And I, I think that's why he comes out kind of uh, kind of uh, riffing in that way, so yeah. to speak. You know, like let me just let me just set this up for you, kind of a kaboom. Mm-hmm. It's one of those moments where you read something like that and you just kind of stand back in wonder and in awe. Yeah. And I think that was his point. And mm-hmm. then he's like, now let me break down the details of actually how this works. Yeah. But he uh, he wants you to see the. The, um, the long, long, long road that it's taken to get here, and boom, God has spoken. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You usually see the pattern of kind of a, an escalation and buildup and yep. then an application. Exactly. But here it's kind of like, here it is out the gate, and yeah. let's see how it settles. Exactly. You usually see those kind of at the end. Yeah. There's rifts where it's just like Paul goes off. Let mm-hmm. me just talk about how great God is. And here you see it in the very beginning. Yeah, I like that. I found this quote from uh, Spurgeon. And talking about this passage, and he says, uh, What a comfort it should be to you that he who has come to save men is divine. Mm. Therefore, nothing can be impossible to him. Nay, I do not say merely that he is divine. I'll go further and say that he is deity itself. Yeah. Right? Not, yep. not moving on, but is, is he is the Father in that sense. Christ Jesus is God, and being God, there can be no impossibilities or even difficulties with him. He's able to save you, whoever you may be. Hmm. Though you have gone to the very verge of eternal ruin, you cannot have gone beyond the range of omnipotence. And omnipotence is inherent in the Godhead. Yeah, yeah. So then let me lay out the rest for you. Right, and that's (laughs) what he's doing, because he doesn't just say, has spoken to you by his son. Then he goes on, appointed heir of all things, whom he created the world. And then he talks about him being the radiance of God's glory, the exact imprint of his nature. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. And the, the point is, I mean, when, when my boys and I read the story of um, Jesus calming the storm mm-hmm. um, and the disciples look at him and they're afraid, and they say, what, kind of, what, what man is this that the wind and the waves obey him? And my boys always yell out, you know, because the <laughs> disciples don't seem to get it. Jesus is God. Yeah. Like, that's the point, <laughs> right? And that's what he's that's what he's emphasizing here is this is not just a prophet. This is this is the last prophet. Yeah. And he is far different than the ones who came mm-hmm. before because this is God incarnate. Yeah. And so let me show you now this is the one who created the universe, who mm-hmm. was there in the beginning, John 1. Um, and he is the one who is created and sustaining and here he is in fleshed listen to him. I think that's I think that's kind of he just wants to say listen to this man. <laughs> Scrabbing him by the collar. Yes, yeah. listen to him. He has something 
very, very important to say to you, the most important thing to say to you. Well, I think that's one of my other questions in this. And, and you started particularly at the end to help us see a lot of this. I just want to unpack it a little bit more. Is that all of the front end of this is very declarative. Yeah. Like this is, yeah, he's grabbing you by the scruff of your neck and, and just declaring he's the prophet, he's the priest, the king. And you did a good job of showing us those three pieces from the text. But I guess the, the question is, is why do I need right. a prophet? Why do I need a priest? Why do I need a king? And, and you unpack some of those things in those applications at the end. But is there, is there more that you can help us understand? What is it about him? Yes, he's the best prophet. Yes, sure. he's the best king. But, but why do I need those particular things? Right. I think so when, when it says that God has spoken to us through his son, I think what he is saying um, specifically there is everything that we we um, that can be known about God, what God requires of man, um, what the great problem is between God and man, is answered in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. um, and so Jesus comes, like the prophets who came before him, declaring how mankind can be made right with God and telling them why there's a problem in the first place. But, but the reason that we need, in particular, Jesus as the prophet is because he's the prophet, unlike the other prophets, who speaks absolute perfect truth to us and declares to us mm -hmm. the good news of the gospel, which the first part of the gospel doesn't feel like good news because he declares to us, you're ruined, right? The, yeah. the big problem with mankind is that we were created to be with God, but we can't be with God because of our sin. God's mm -hmm. glory and holiness would absolutely obliterate us and consume us. And so Jesus comes preaching to us our need for a savior. Um, and then uh, I think you can kind of scroll down from there in other applications. So for the believers, we get that uh, in the message of the gospel. And then for the believer in everyday application. So if, if, if God has spoken to us through his son, then we no longer have to wonder about who God is, mm, yeah. what he is like, um, and what he requires of us. And and um, and how we're supposed to be in relationship with him because yeah, he that's is a big deal. he has definitively spoken to us through his son. We don't have to wander around. It's the you know it's the um, the example of the uh, the blind men feeling the elephant. Mm -hmm. and I think I remember hearing De Young one time say, "Here's the difference though is that the elephant speaks." Yeah, and he says, "Hey guys." I'm an elephant, <laughs> right? That's my trunk. These are my ears. This is my tail. These are my legs. And so that's such a, a confidence that we can have as a, as a believer, especially in a world that says, live your own truth. Truth is what you say it is. Yeah. It's a true epistemology. It's, you can, it can be known. Yeah. We can there know There is God. a truth out there. Yeah. Which then we would say, too, that uh, a true epistemology leads to our ontology. Our true yep. knowledge yep. leads to our being. Yep. If, if I don't know what is true, then I can't know who I am. Exactly. If I don't know what is true, yep. then I can't know what my being is and my purposes. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, is it all feeds off that. And for there to actually be a final word spoken well, even the first word, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that that's that's super helpful. I, I just think that's an important component. To, uh, is it's one thing for someone to come and say, "Hey, you need this," right? Right. Like, well, why? But for what? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Because because uh, you are lost and undone, and then Jesus being our priest and our king follows suit with that. Mm -hmm. That that Jesus obviously tells us tells us the news that. 
hey, you're lost and undone and deserving of wrath. Yeah, we had the law. We knew that we were right, like, oh, crap. in trouble. Right. And now um, he says, I will offer mm-hmm. for once, once and for all. Yep. Um, and the curtain is torn in two. And then he takes his seat, which gives us such confidence as children of God to know that we have this great high priest who has gone once and for all yeah. into the holy place to offer his own blood, mm-hmm. perfect blood on our behalf. Um, and it's one and done. It is sealed. The curtain, curtain is torn in two. And we can trust in that. And I think then that uh, the scripture says that we are, um, as he is our great high priest, now we are a, a kingdom of priests. Peter mm-hmm. talks about us being a holy nation, a holy priesthood. And now we also, in turn, um, intercede on behalf of others, intercede on behalf of unbelievers. Yeah. Um, praying, because my unbelieving neighbor can't go boldly into the throne, uh-huh. a, a room of grace, right? They can't, uh, because Jesus is not going to claim that this is mine, yeah. and the Father's not going to let them stand there. Mm-hmm. And so I pray for them. I'm on my knees praying that, that God would sh- show them their great need for him and interceding for them um, and praying that God would work in their hearts. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, for those of you that have been in our class in the mornings, uh, the prophet preaching, we see this playing all the way throughout the Order Salutis, the Order of mm-hmm. Salvation. Yeah. We've been covering that for the past four weeks. And so all the way from the uh, from God's eternal will and planning yeah. and calling and election, and then as we see then the application of uh, redemption and regeneration yeah. and sanctification. And the prophet priest kingness of Christ plays into all th- all of those ten items. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we and, see him develop those things through the Christian's life. Exactly. And I think I, I mean obviously uh, the gospel is relevant for all times, but you see it in our own day, especially in the face of truth just being thrown out the window, um, and and especially in a culture that. Um, says you have to do X, Y, Z in order to be justified and approved by the culture. And then it changes because it's always a moving target. Uh, it's always so fickle that we know that we cannot self-justify. Uh, we hold, you yeah. know, uh, Pastor Matt said last week, we hold, yes, we hold Jesus in one hand for our justification. But then what are you holding in the other hand? Mm-hmm. And I know, <laughs> I know that I can't justify myself. Like I know that. Mm-hmm. But what I'm after is a f- is a feeling, yeah. and often when I read th- through Hebrews and I see the sacrifice of Jesus on my behalf, and I know that salvation is by grace through faith in Christ alone, but I don't feel it necessarily. Sure. So I got to grab something else yeah. that makes me feel, and sometimes that's me thinking I preached a perfect sermon, or mm-hmm. you know, was a perfect father in the moment. Oh, okay, that's evidence of my salvation, which you're supposed to see fruit. Mm-hmm. but not as a means of justification. Sure, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that uh, kind of takes me to my last uh, question, I guess, point with you is uh, you specifically requested from uh, to Greg and I uh, to have Rock of Ages. Yeah. So you explained some of it in the sermon. Yeah. But I just wanted to let you have an opportunity to kind of, you know, bear hug that song a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I think, well, also, as you know, and most people who know me, I'm I'm pretty uh, partial to the hymns. I was and gonna say like today I've got Pastor Jeff and he's only gonna respond in hymns. <laughs> yeah, I once I start going on a hymn, all the other hymns just start popping into my head, and <laughs> I just can kind of go on and on and on, uh, which is great. 
in my household, like some you'll hear somebody at one end of the house like starting to sing a hymn, and then everybody else just joins in. <laughs> it's really awesome. But um, yeah, I did request that the band play um, "Rock of Ages," um, in particular because I I referenced in the beginning when I was talking about Jesus as the the final prophet and the Word. So God is revealed to us in the person of Jesus Christ, um, and I, I referenced Moses's encounter with God in Exodus thirty three. That's where the story begins when Moses wants to look upon God's glory. And God graciously says, "Hey, that can't happen. You'll mm-hmm. blow up, right?" Uh, and this is this is the meekest man who ever walked the earth. This is the man who who talks with God like a friend. Like mm-hmm. this guy, he's a solid dude, right? And he can't look at God's glory; it'll obliterate him. So God says, "Instead, I will declare to you my name." Yeah. And that seems like well, that doesn't seem very exciting. I'd like to just see the Creator of the universe versus hearing about Him. But in those ancient cultures. That was uh, more significant. Names held much more significant. And, and hearing a name, you could understand a person's history. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you know the story, God says, here's, here's this crevice, here's this cleft in this rock. I'm going to put you there. I'm going to put my hand over you. Yeah. That's how, how much glory is going to pass by. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to pass by, and then you can take a peek at my back, but you can't see my glory. Which he was referring to his... Uh his, his goodness. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Just, just get that on I'll record. give you that one. He was referring to his yeah. goodness. Matt would say it was his grace. <laughs> I'd say it's his greatness. Greg would say it was all of them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yes. And and he so he takes he gets to take a peek at uh, God's glory and his face shines. They got to put a they got to put a, mm-hmm. a towel over his head when he comes back down. That's how much glory is radiating. But he declares to him his name. Um and. The significance of this is that when you go to John uh, chapter 1, it says that the Word became flesh mm-hmm. and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. So in the person of Jesus Christ, we were able to look upon mm-hmm. God Himself. Yeah. And so Rock of Ages, uh, Augustus Toplady, 1700s uh, hymn writer, he only lived to be like, I think, 37 or something, um, wrote Rock of Ages. And um, his defining line in that song, because of some of the theology um, struggles that were going on in the culture around him, was, uh, be of sin the double cure, save from wrath and make me pure. Yep. So you see this, you see this, yes, Jesus taking the wrath for me on the cross, or as my kids like to say, Jesus took our spanking for us. Mm-hmm. He takes the wrath, but he also gives us his righteousness. Yeah, yeah, that double cure thing was confusing uh, to me for a long time. Yeah, and uh, it's it, but it is throughout our systematics. I mean, because yeah. wrapped up in that is the propitiation mm-hmm. for the wrath. Yeah, uh, but then the imputation of yeah. my sin to him, but then also his righteousness back to me. Yeah, because I, 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 I was talking with either Greg or, or Pastor Matt about your picture of the uh, medal um, oh, yeah. for Abe. Yeah. After uh, after your oh, race, right, right. And I'm like, <laughs> it's the right picture, but like if we go even so far as to say, Abe ran the race. Right, he gets credit for the race, not just the reward. Yep, but credit for it. Yeah. and uh, yeah, that 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 line in that in that song is is there's a lot packed in there. Yeah, and what's happening? Yeah, and I think in that understanding is is the um, is the means and the help for us not to try to justify ourselves but also the motivation to walk in newness of life and mm-hmm. produce good works. Because we, because if you say we just save from the wrath, 
well then okay cool then i can do what i want right yep. so the wrath there's no more wrath it's on the tree great <laughs> now i can just do what i want and then i'll get you know i'll show up in heaven one day he'll let me mm-hmm. through the pearly gates and our culture is just saturated with that kind of yeah. uh, especially here in dayton you know this blue collar town this just kind of be a good person jesus took the wrath for me you know i got a cross tattoo and grandma went to church mm-hmm. so when i get there one day he took the you know the big guy upstairs took it for me um but there's no walk in newness of life because Jesus rose from the from the grave and has given those who are in him the power to overcome sin and say no to it. So it's he but the only reason that's possible is because his righteousness has been given to yeah. us. So there's this beautiful balance between I can't justify myself by trying to do good works. Yeah. But because I've been justified by grace through faith in Christ alone, I get to do good works. Mm-hmm. I get to because his righteousness all my my soul was just bankrupt and so all of jesus's perfect record of obedience has now been transferred yeah to my bankrupt account yeah that's really helpful uh part of me wants to ask for some more how do i live and and apply jesus as my priest as my prophet as my king during the week but i think we're we're heading that direction with this series Um, yeah I appreciate your sermon for the reason that this is one of those that almost every other week we're gonna reflect back to something right. from from this one and be like, as Pastor Jeff said, like this. Remember this. Like it, this past sermon is gonna be an important one for you to pick up those threads hmm. and carry them with you all the way through Hebrews yeah. because that's that's the the threefold cord there. Sure, sure. So yeah, I think uh, to your point at the end there is that how do I apply this? This is. This is foundational understanding of what your justification and adoption actually looks like. Yep. And if you can walk away understanding and worshiping because of what has been declared in this outset, and then that's how that's how you apply it. That's how it leaks into everything yeah, else. Exactly. Exactly. So, awesome. Was there anything else on your mind? Oh, there's always lots on my mind. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's helpful stuff on my mind. I um. I was so I'll give you an example of how I was personally helped by uh, this sermon. Um in particular Jesus as king. So I think all of these things have such application for the day in which we live. But in particular Jesus as king and my parenting. Um you know you can apply um Jesus being um the final word and we know the truth and so we can in boldness teach our children the truth. Um and uh, Jesus being the priest, I can, if I'm in him, I can intercede on behalf of the little sinners that live in my home um, and pray for them and lift them up before the Lord. But as king, I can rest um, in a sovereign God who sits on his throne, mm-hmm. does all things well and right, um, and who is working for my good, mm-hmm. for my joy in him and for his glory. And so I can be, I don't have to be a helicopter parent. Mm-hmm. I can trust that, um, <laughs> that God is going to um, take care of my children. I can raise them with boldness. I can raise them to be little warriors um, and to grow up to be wise men who are warriors. And so that's, that's really helped me as I uh, was studying for the sermon this week that Jesus, if Jesus, uh, I think Tim Keller once said, like, if Jesus really did raise from the grave, it's going to be okay. (laughs) Like, whatever you're going through, it's going to be okay because Jesus came back from the dead. And then the big, like, exclamation point to that is he's sitting on his throne. 
Yes. Uh, and he's ruling and reigning. So whatever's happening in the government, whatever's happening in my household, whatever's happening in my church, I need to do my part and be diligent and work hard. But I really, truly can rest that the king um, is ruling and reigning uh, and nothing's going to stop his, his will from being accomplished. So that's really been an encouragement to my heart lately. Yeah, that's super helpful. One of the uh, concerns I've had for a long time is our underemphasis of the resurrection over yeah. the cross. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you even then go into the ascension and the and his heavenly yeah. uh, session. That yeah. Well, that's why we named our church Christ yes. the Lord. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I think yeah, Paul. I mean, clearly going to back you up in First Corinthians fifteen. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's 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 super good. Well, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your sermon this week. Yeah. Um, I want to encourage everyone out there to memorize this particular passage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's so declarative. It's something yes. that you can speak to yourself. Yeah, amen. Uh, it's something again that we need to pick the, the, those threads all the way through Hebrews. You can't lose those, or yeah. it'll start to fall apart. Mm. So, with that, I want to thank you and uh, encourage you all to go know, love, and obey Jesus as Lord over all. I'll see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.